So I just continue morphing myself to what was acceptable and what it was my assumption that day, the average day, my father, my mother, the society, the government day, the big day, will find acceptable. And I found myself at 35 years old being completely uh, disconnected from what my soul wanted in a job was very good, uh, great car, great multi-payments, managing millions of euros, dozens of people firing, hiring. I was a, a top executive and I was working in uh, high tech in the uh, aerospace industry. Well, there is nothing wrong with it, you know? Beautiful car, beautiful, lovely colleagues, very interesting subject, but there was not what I loved. Hey, I'm Julia Lopez, communication architect, international speaker, author of Leading in High Heels, and your host. Welcome to Brave, Bold, and Brilliant Podcast. Together with my guests, I will share with you inspiring stories where being brave and bold were the trigger to becoming brilliant. For the past decade, I've been helping professionals to express themselves with clarity and confidence in any stage and arena of their lives. Communication is key to success, and stories have the potential to transform lives and move people into action. There is someone, somewhere, who needs to hear exactly what you have to say. Be brave, bold, and brilliant, and speak up unapologetically. Dear Blanca, it's a pleasure to have you here with me for this new episode of Brave, Bold, and Brilliant. We have met recently and we are engaged in a challenge together, which is to build a sustainable online business right now. So we met through this program and uh, you are my buddy, my accountability buddy in this uh, program. And I, the reason I invited you to come here because I know you have some very good, brave and bold and brilliant stories to share with us. Welcome, Blanca. Delighted to be here. Delighted to share with you my adventures. <laughs> so let's get started. Tell uh, to the audience a little bit about you, what you do, and, and then you can just dive in in your stories and moments where you've been brave, bold, and brilliant. Absolutely. Um, well, you could describe me as a, a self-reinvention uh, expert. And, and I say that because of the context of the conversation, talking about uh, a moment when I had to be courageous. Mm -hmm. I have been reinventing myself so many, many times. And now I run a business digitally in which I help women to reconcile with their past in order to become the next version of themselves that they feel more at ease, happy and excited and brave in their own uh, skin, without pleasing, without being in fear, but really, you know, sovereign queens of their life. 
Oh, I love, I love that sovereign queens of their lives. I, I can take that. And I know um, from my experience, I ask you if you, that is your experience as well, that usually whatever we end up doing in our lives and that we want to serve, that we want to help others is pretty much related to some struggles that we experienced. And especially when it's about self-development, that is most of the cases because we've been there, we went through it, we found the way out, and then we want to share that with others. Is that also your case? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Don't ask me where I got it because I have many explanations of where I got it, but I was a big time pleaser. I was a big time pleaser. You know how it is in a school that they ask you questions. And uh, if you are a good student, you make sure that you get as many possible uh, correct. And uh, I discovered that uh, whenever I got ones that according to reality, they were correct, but according to the teacher, they were wrong. I learned that you have to say what they expect you to say. So I became very good at reading what others wanted me to say. And that made me super successful in academia. I got prizes and, uh, you know, cum laude and uh, in, uh, uh, in corporations I got promoted because I was very pleasing. I had a pleasing personality. So I always did what they wanted. And then I think the first moment when I got courageous is when I said, well, I don't like all this. Mm. What happened that made you say that? I, I like grew really successful pleasing. What? I like art. I like beautiful things. But what did my father want me to study? Engineering. So I became an engineer. Mm. Okay, which engineering? IT, because IT is fashionable. So I got to study that. Then where will I work? Where? Oh, where there is money, so I please, and then I go to a bank. So I just continue morphing myself to what was acceptable and what it was my assumption that they, the average day, my father, my mother, the society, the government, they, the big they, will find acceptable. And I found myself at 35 years old being completely uh, disconnected from what my soul wanted in a job which was very good, uh, great car, great multi-payments, uh, managing millions of euros, uh, dozens of people firing, hiring. I was a, a top executive and I was working in uh, high tech in the uh, aerospace industry. Well, there is nothing wrong with it, you know? Beautiful car, beautiful, lovely colleagues, very interesting subject. But there was not what I loved because I didn't listen to my heart. And, and I just want to stop you a little bit there for you to continue please. because when you're saying the path you took that, okay, I do engineering, I do IT because that is, is interesting and where the money is, and then I get a good job because I want to, to grow on that. And in a way, uh, for someone else, it's only about, it's, it's a perfect strategy 
to grow professionally, which is that there's nothing wrong with that. But then you just said now, however, for me, I was disconnected because that was not my calling. Absolutely. Yeah. That was absolutely not my calling. I was ill. Pains in my left arm. The white of the eyes was yellow. Uh, I had my period twice a year at 35. Emotionally, it was a disaster. I didn't have relationships of any kind because, you know, I was so good. Nobody was good enough for me. Very, very arrogant. And uh, a boyfriend, forget about the boyfriend. No, there was no man who was good enough for me. And, and also, course, wasn't it not that, uh, were you saying this to yourself or were other people or other women saying this to you? I ask you this because I share it very briefly here. When I was living in Barcelona before 2008, before the big crisis, mm -hmm. I had developed a very successful career and I had a beautiful jewelry store. And I know I, I'm a person with strong personality. I have a very masculine energy for many things as well. And I was constantly hearing for, from people around me, especially women, that I was just too much for men, that men were not, uh, I, I was kind of <laughs> frightening them. I find this, I was really mad with these comments, but in, I, in fact, at that moment, relationships were a disaster. I was attracting all the wrong ones, but it's very interesting. But deep down, I didn't think that I was a problem uh, for, for men. I, I, and I still don't think if I, if I looked back, It was because I was attracting the, the ones who were not ready to be in my life. Let's put that way. <laughs> I, I take full responsibility of what happened where I was at that point. I really take full responsibility because I was a grown-up. I was a 35-year-old woman. I think the easiest path is to say, oh, there is something wrong with men <laughs> or with the government or with my parents or with somebody, you know, and it's just blame. It's just blame. And one finger points out at everybody else and three fingers point at you. So that's the easiest path to blame somebody. But uh, no, I take full responsibility that this was my spiritual growth that uh, uh, was absolutely not developed and not touched. That moment when I, I hit uh, bottom, it was a Sunday, just a Sunday when I just look at my life and... Uh, You know, what is this? I don't even have a cat. <laughs> you have a dog. <laughs> I didn't even have a cat. I couldn't, you know, another bottle of champagne or another dress will not make me happy, really. I wanted intimacy. I wanted health. I wanted beauty. I wanted happiness, joy. And uh, I just asked, really, I just asked God, please get me out of here. And it was, but like this like this. For me, it was like no time between my prayer and uh, being out of that job and uh, starting doing my inner work. And for me, that's the most courageous decision I have ever taken. It was, it was really a request to the universe. Don't, don't tell me I didn't ask uh, God, the universe, or the virgin. That I just said, please get me out of here. And everything got organized, uh, all, you know, papers, contracts, uh, situations, business decisions. Uh, uh, so that I was, I started my journey to become a coach. 
and I was out of that corporate job. And of course, you know what happened. I met the love of my life in a place that you love a lot. Uh, we are both uh, uh, ex-toastmasters. Ex I think you still go to your club uh, locally. But uh, uh, that's where I met my husband. And uh, so I, I opened to love. And everything just started to manifest really so quickly. I have my children at age uh, 41 and 43, healthy, happy, at home. You could argue that that was also courageous to have children at home. At that, well, to have children. Yeah, then, over 40 is, 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 I would say, is very brave. Then at that age and then at home. So it was super courageous uh, for some people, but for me it was not just a logical thing to do. And the next courageous thing to do is what I'm doing right now, you know, uh, keep reinventing me with my business, reinventing what I do, what I offer, and having more and more authentic conversations with the people I work with. So it's, uh, it's just so very interesting, this combination. I just want to go a little bit back to what you said. When you decided you had that moment, that Sunday, that you said, get me out of here whatever it was, universe, God, you name Buddha, you, you name whatever. You just needed something that could give you some light. I think most people get to the, that wall, right? Or can be the wall, can be the deepest uh, hole, whatever it is. And uh, the process then, and you said that then when you opened up for that, things start falling. But we know that it doesn't happen just like that. Your process, and I believe it's an ongoing process, but the, the great, the big step in that moment in time for you to start seeing the new Blanca blossoming. Tell, tell us a little bit more about that. How long did it take and what exactly was some of the discoveries that you, you had in that, Absolutely. in that process. It's very interesting because you could argue that in that moment when I made the prayer, get me out of here, my life changed, boom. But it's really like, uh, imagine one of these big carriers in the ocean that you say, well, now instead of going to Africa, I'm going to South America. It's not that you do this is that you do this, just really a tiny fraction of uh, change. So I started changing to do two crunches in the morning, to stop drinking coffee, to, you know, really tiny little things. And I want to read this book today. And I want to call my mother more often. And I want to uh, go for coffee. And instead of interrupting the other person, I want to listen. So the, the changes were really, really gradual. Um, but the same talk, and they were dramatic because I have an engineering degree. I have an MBA. So really, you know, IT and management. And then going to coaching, that was a huge thing. But, you know, I went to, uh, uh, to certify myself as a coach. And then I follow the program. So you read a book and then you read another book and then you do the homework that uh, the school leaves you. And then you do your, your, I don't know, very transformational moment when I posted the 
first blog post ever. So it is, uh, it is a process that is like a drop every single day. And to decide every day, who do you want to become? And start taking tiny actions towards that vision with tiny little actions. For example, now I have my, my daughter is, uh, tomorrow is her birthday. And uh, uh, today at three o'clock, I don't work anymore. And we're going to bake a cake and we're sit down and we are going to play. And we have a schedule that we're going to play Mikado and then we are going to play the piano. And uh, it's very specific, you know, that very conscious. So what you could argue is that from that moment of prayer, what I promised myself is that I want to build a life that is worth living 24-7, 24-7. And it has been renewing every single time. And I can, you could argue that now I'm at the most awoken ever. Last year, my mother died. And for me, it was a big impact. Any time we can die. She was really super healthy, 92 years old, super, super healthy. Suddenly she had a heart attack. And so the music stopped. She used to write poems, not published. She wanted to have her lunch. Her lunch was in the kitchen, not eaten. Now, that, to see that was very clear, you know, that, that we don't know when we're going to pass. So the moment to be who we want to be is now. So I just stopped making really big plans and projects that this is going to happen. Okay, I want to plan now. And I'm, I'm talking to you now. With, uh, uh, and that's, that's really the most important uh, realization that I have to really be honest. Okay, do I want coffee or tea? Do I want a salad or a soup? Because the, the, the choices that we have, I mean, it's very clear. Uh, chocolate cake and carrots, uh, it's very clear, you know, you have the carrot if you want to be healthy. But sometimes we have tomato and carrots. What do we do? Do I play with my son or with my daughter? Do I read this book or that book? I'm glad that you're putting all of this. It's very interesting because just before talking to you today, I, I have a Facebook, uh, WhatsApp group with my Brazilian friends here in Europe. And we are communicating very often, especially now. And we are all about the same age, all around our 50s. And one of, uh, of the friends posted a funny post saying that when you go to, to a room, let's say you, you go to the kitchen to drink water. And when you on your way to the kitchen, you see something hanging there and then you start cleaning there. And then it goes on and on and on. And when you get to the kitchen, you're there and then you say, what, what the hell am I doing here? And you leave without drinking the water, which was the first thing. And I told them like, oh, I used to be exactly like that. And not like now, but let's say 20 years ago. Yeah. When, and, and I realized with this simple example and why this was happening in my life 20 years ago, it was clear demonstration of how I was not present, yes. how I was not uh, in my moment. And once I've learned and I started working on that, because as you said, it's one step after the other, and becoming aware and conscious that, 
okay, I'm not saying that this doesn't happen, that I want to go to the kitchen to drink water in the way I start picking up things. But now I am aware of that and I have the capacity to stop myself maybe in the middle of it or maybe one third before starting. So I'm not, I don't go through the whole process of being lost in this simple journey, which you can make an analogy for your life. So it's basically defining what you want, but then one step after the other. And you know, once something is misled, you have to stop, hold on a second. Where am I going here? What are my priorities? I was going to the kitchen, not to the balcony. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's that something like that. Uh, uh, you know, I chose engineering because I wanted to please my father. If I had done what I do now, you know, now I journal in the morning, why am I doing this? Am I going to sell this product? Am I going to work with that person? Uh, maybe I could have quit one year afterwards. And I had lost one year, not 15. <laughs> but there is no lost time. The moments when we are in the kitchen for an hour cleaning or in a career that we don't like for 15 years, there is a, a learning. There is a learning and there, there is no wasted time anytime. And then we can go back and say, okay, how do I want to live my life? 15 years in a marriage I don't like, 15 years in a career I don't like, I don't know, an hour cleaning my house. Now, how do I want my life to be? Well, I want my life to be, I don't know, simple or more complicated than on this other way. Uh, for example, uh, going back to the example of my daughter, my daughter is like Leonardo da Vinci. She, I joke with her that she's Leonardo da Vinci. She starts this and starts that and starts that and starts that and never finishes anything. And, um, and she's super intelligent, intelligent, not thinks of, uh, 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 don't know, of a space, uh, of the body, of but then so, uh, so was Leonardo. I think that is the problem when you're too intelligent. It's a disaster. You we get attracted to everywhere. All is thrown away everywhere. And I want a clean house. But what do I want more? A happy daughter with a future of uh, success with her research whenever she will grow? Or I want a clean house. So I take a deep breath and then what do I want? What's the value of? Okay, she can make her mess until this limit. <laughs> Absolutely. But you, you touched a very important point there that I keep repeating in because I believe it's worth repeating. One is about setting priorities. But before setting priorities is about knowing exactly what you want. I, maybe exactly is a, a bigger word. We can just say, know what you want in a moment in time. Because more than often when I am giving my presentations or trainings, I talk to my ladies because mostly are women and I ask them, what do you want? What exactly, what do you want? And many times they, they get puzzled. They don't really know that there's never a straight answer. It's a, it is a big question. Absolutely. However, if you say, what do you want right now in this moment in mm -hmm. time? We should be, prepared to have an answer for that in a more in an easier way but most cases what I see is the answer of 
oh, I don't know what I want, but I, I, I do know what I don't want. And guess what? If you're focusing on what you don't want, what do you get? I say not knowing what you don't want is important because let's say you get into a place where you realize that I don't want to be here. But then immediately you have to think, where do I want to be? This place is not suiting me. I'm not happy here. I ha there should be another place where I can be happy. Where is that place? And this is our process of bringing this awareness oh, and self-awareness for all moment, right? You make me think of my boyfriends. Uh, first boyfriend, my, my father and my mother got divorced because my father cheated on my mother. So what did I want in a man? An honest man. So I got an honest man. He loved me dearly and he was very honest. But he was super, super conservative. He was uh, uh, stay at home. We eat uh, uh, these three uh, foods and that's it. I was dying. So I stopped that relationship and I got uh, another uh, person who was adventure and travel and different foods and, uh, uh, and intelligent. And, and you know how this person, what happened with this person? What was wrong? Just one thing, just one. He didn't love me. And now, now I laugh my head off when I think about it because I, I wanted fun. I got it. I wanted interest. I got it. But I never ask to be loved. <laughs> and this is so fundamental because sometimes we really go into the accessories things. Oh, I want a job where they pay me very well. I want to travel. But, the, but what do you want really? You want a day-to-day -day that is... Uh, that, that you're contributing to the world, that your talents are used, that we have to be very specific with what we want. Now, my husband, my husband, I adore him. He's perfect. He's handsome. He, he's fun. He's adventure. He's home. But he leaves his socks in the ground place. <laughs> nobody's like perfect having, nobody's perfect and uh, uh, and sometimes I'm cleaning the house and I find the socks and the first time that that happened I was really go <gasps> and then I thought okay take a deep breath what do you want do you want him to be an obnoxious cleaner or do you want him to be a good father to love you to have fun with him to be his, your friend oh yeah I could pick up the socks anytime anytime and now when I see his socks out of place I love him I, I have compassion for him okay he doesn't do socks no problem <laughs> but I, I love your examples because they are simple they are from our daily lives and it explains everything because I always uh, had for myself that the difficulties in life in relationships not like only uh, intimate relationship but all relationships are not the big issues, are the very tiny little things of our daily lives. And especially when we are living with someone, we are married to someone or even just a flatmate, that you, a person have certain behaviors that then you have to put into the table and say, am I going to get mad with the sock, as you said, or I am going to overlook the sock, the socks, because this guy is so good on this and this and this that... I'm going to be stressing myself 
trying to change him to change that behavior of leaving the socks there, which will never happen. And that will affect all the other things you have. And on that note uh, about, mm-hmm. you said something uh, about it's important knowing what you want because in the example that also I shared here, when I ask people, what do you want? And they don't know what they want, but they don't know immediately what they don't. The fact is, if you don't really know what you want and you know what you don't and whatever else that is different from what you don't want, you might take it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that is the thing that suits you. So repeating, if you don't define what you want and you define only what you don't want, you might embrace in your life things that are different from what you don't want, but not necessarily they are what suits you. So that is another big issue. We have to bring clarity to our lives. Uh, I have an exercise that I recommend to my customers and you can use it for business, for career, for husband, for anything you want. And I call it the circle of power. It's a very simple uh, piece of paper in which you draw a circle. And uh, what you know that you don't want, you put it outside. I don't want a boring job. I don't want a boring husband. I don't want a... Boring, I don't want boring socks, whatever it is for you. But you don't know what is exciting or the opposite of boring. So you start saying something. I want to learn all the time. And then you put it there. And then you start testing it. And then you see how it is, how life develops. That or not, you find the next job or the next boyfriend or the next uh, ideal customer and you see how it develops and then you see, wow, this is really more ideal and this is something I never thought about. So with that, you play until you get a clearer vision of what you want and what does that mean? Uh, The opposite of boredom or the opposite of uh, disrespect or the opposite of uh, arguments. Because what's the opposite of arguments? Silence? Not necessarily. Is it to agree all the time? Not necessarily. Maybe you want a little bit of arguments. So if you play with this, it will allow you to give it a a physical form to this concept of what you like and what you don't like. Of course, and this is something I get all the time, some people say, well, you know, words are so useless. What women like to do is to put images. So you can do it uh, like a vision board outside the things that you don't like and inside the things that you would like to have. Yeah, this is an awesome exercise. And to share with you, uh, when I was back on that moment there in Barcelona before 2008, when my my friends, my girlfriends at the time were saying that I was uh, someone that no man would uh, would approach me because I was to frighten them. I got into the process of creating a vision board of what kind of men I wanted in my life. Not that I'm not open to change. I was open to change if I have, if there is something in me that has to evolve, welcome. But I was not also agreeing with them that the whole problem was 
on me. I said, okay, I'm, I'm okay to look into me, but let me make sure that I know what kind of person I want in my life because I, I was definitely attracting all the wrong ones. And that I cannot blame them e either because I was somehow attracting. Interesting enough, I did this exercise. And recently I shared with a friend, I said, you should do that. Because I had that, I put like all the, the qualities and that I, for me that were important, that were aligned to my values. Because as you said, I wanted, I wanted someone who was a professional, who was serious, but also someone who was fun and who loved traveling, someone who was, had a young spirit and like a free spirit. So all these kind of things, the list was huge. And I put this behind a door, which was a door, I had a walk-in closet. So every morning I had to close the door to dress so I could re review my list, making sure that if I spotted the, the, my, my man on street, I could identify him, right? And funny enough, like the list was there for, I don't know for how many months. And then I started dating uh, my husband. We started dating I forgot about the list. And then one day I was there in my closet, sitting, getting dressed. And then I looked at the list and I said, hold on a second here. Tick, 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 tick. And I said, wow, this is absolutely amazing. And this is one of the things when people say you attract what you aim for. It's true because without being trying to be uh, some sensational or I don't know, esoteric on that ma the matter. The simple fact is that once you have a start uh, having your mind, what you really want, you start also seeing those things. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not, if you don't have that acknowledged for yourself, you don't see them. Absolutely. You have you in your face, but you connect it with what? With all the things that you don't want. Absolutely. 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 So that was my love story part. Oh, it's so beautiful. Uh, so beautiful. So beautiful. Very similar to me. Very similar. I also made a list like that and put it in my closet. It's very, very, very similar. And okay. For the listeners out there, it works. So just oh, take so it. Beautiful. And, you know, some uh, tone that maybe you did it as well. But one of the things that I wrote is uh, feelings. How would I feel? I will feel at home. I will feel comfortable. I will feel loved. I will feel calm. And uh, these things is just so fantastic to... Uh, to see it now afterwards. One of them, you know, I have been together with my husband for 13 years. I have been having this job uh, uh, as an independent business owner for 13 years. And uh, I'm being a mother now for almost 10. And uh, this is the longest I have ever done anything. All the previous jobs, uh, it was two years, three years in university, I don't know, four years. And, uh, and this is the longest I have ever done anything. Even living in this house, we live for 11 years. And I think for a person who loves adventure, the most important uh, um, 
secret of success of feeling happy uh, with my husband, with my job, with my children is to renew that constantly. Renew that constantly. From changing the furniture to changing your branding and your website or the product that you're going to sell to making dates, buying flowers, playing with your children. This constant renewal is very important for all of us because I believe that women are like water. In the moment, there is no change. We really become still and then like muddy and we kind of start dying. So women, we need to flow. Whatever is in the life of all the women that are listening, try to even force change in your life. Try a different lipstick, try a different route to go to your job, try a different way to sit down in your house if you work from home, or you know, do something absolutely completely different so that you start learning. Maybe you know the book and re- I recommend it to everybody. It's called Neurobics to have your brain uh, alive. Try eating with the lights out. Try to eat with your non-dominant hands. Try, you know, trying things that you never did before. You keep your brain alive. You keep your relationships alive and you have so much fun. There's one thing that I once I had a conversation with a few friends back in Brazil where I said, hold on a second here. Love is something that you need to act upon. You cannot take love for granted. And we were talking about even about parents. And I say, like, even for parents, I'm not a a parent, but I'm a child of someone. And it it is a constant working. And Stephen Scovey says that very well when he says, Love is a verb, not a noun. Love requires action. So for us to, as in your, following your example, to have things flowing and growing in our lives, we need to act upon them. And love too. To, because when, once the passion, the fire goes, is when the grow should start. Yeah, and yeah. if we are just then allow ourselves to just let it be, and as you, you, you said very well, we become very muddy and then gets into the moment that we are not going to see each other anymore. Yeah. And then gets to the moment that you just wonder, who is this person inside me? So it's a constant, uh, it's a constant exercise. And I don't think it's an effort. should not mm-hmm. be an effort should be an exercise, should be a conscious exercise, like as a plant. If you have a a pot in your house and if you want your plant to grow, you have to look after that plant. Otherwise, the poor thing will not grow. Same for your relationship at all levels. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, the the way I do it and I make it constantly is uh, there are like uh, some standards, like uh, a dinner time we play. It's a standard. We play. When somebody leaves the house, everybody says goodbye with kiss and hug. Anybody, visitor or member of the family. Um, because you know, there are things that you repeat constantly. So let's say uh, we sleep eight hours a, a, a day. So that's one third of your life. 
what if you have the best, best bed sheets, the best bed, the best hug? You solve, you improve 30%, 33% of your life. So if you pay attention to the things that you repeat, like having dinner and making the dinner experience the best, like uh, uh, saying goodbye, like having breakfast or like where you sit in your office. So if you pay attention to those things that repeat, you improve your life as many times as that thing happens and uh, improve it in a way that makes you happy, not that it's a prison, but that it makes you free, that you like doing it. It's not uh, force the game at the dinner time. It is whatever game we want. Exactly. And one thing is uh, important there, Blanca, um, which I've learned in the last years, I was not good on that, that I should uh, spend time looking after myself. Because of my nature of being a go-getter person, go, 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 always in the, on the move, always doing things, I'm an high achiever, go, go, go. This time of setting the table for myself never existed really. I have to say that I've learned this with my husband, that no matter he can be alone, he, the breakfast is set at the table, the lunch is set at the table, the way he, he feels that it's good for him, that he will do for others. Because sometimes we do this for others, just on this example, set to the table lovely for all the guests. But when you are on your own, it's a mess, eating in front of computer. At least I never done that. Yeah. However, these simple acts of kindness, of caring towards ourselves, super important. I hear you. I hear you totally. I've been doing this consciously for the past years because I was not that way. And now the criticism that I get from my son, and I love it, is he, he says, it's always party with my mother. She's always smiling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a bad, what a, what a bad criticism huh, to have. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then, you know, also the other taking care of ourselves that we don't do is every Saturday, every Sunday, your time to be alone, to have a bath, to put your face mask, you put your hair mask. It, you know, it's time to, to be alone, to, to do your journaling. No children, no husband, no neighbors, you know, whatever time of uh, being with yourself. This is so important for our psyche. It's, it's so important for our body. This will give you the best ideas for your business. If you're a business owner, the best ideas for your job, the first best ideas of how to deal with whatever problem you have in your family. You know, we breathe in and out, in and out. And if we're just giving, 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 there is no time for, for us to get. It's not okay. We women love giving. There must be a time for us to give to ourselves, to welcome. That's so awesome that you say that. Blanca, I'm so happy that we're having this conversation, especially in this moment in time where it's so needed that we really look after ourselves to be able to look after the, the, the ones we love in this madness that we are yeah. living. And we could continue talking here, but I have a one question to ask you before we wrap up. Share with us, you can brag now for yourself, 
what is one thing that you're really proud of? You can share a cup of one because the last, the last person that I talked to in this podcast, she said, oh, we should not just be saying one Good for her. That's true. But in, in, for the sake of timing, just share one with us. Absolutely. But, you know, about three years ago, I had a major breakdown. It felt like everything collapsed in my life. It was horrible. And the really awesome thing is I bounced back. I bounced back from sadness and depression and memories of childhood. And, uh, and now I'm integrating it, integrating it for the service of my people. And that means that I have changed my business to connect more with my heart. So I am sharing this with all of you. And I'm not telling you the whole story because it's a gigantic story. Uh, well, I tell you like, like general. What we have women, we have in our bodies, in our DNA, trauma of seven generations. So we have war, we have axisia, uh, we have rape, we have war, we have all kinds of trauma in our life, in our body, sorry, of seven generations past. This is a, a, a fact in our DNA. And sometimes we act as if we were afraid of something that we don't even need, know what is that fear. We, we behave irrational because it looks like a, a lion is going to eat us. So it looks that they, they are talking bad about us. It looks like when we do go and within and look at these shouting voices and we listen to that, we can learn from that and we can bring something more powerful to the table. I believe that we women are the ones who are going to change the future are the ones who are going to change the economy, are going to be the ones that are going to change the society. So what I'm really proud about is that I'm taking all that pain into services and products and models in which I'm helping women to reawaken to the fact or waking up to the fact that there is nothing wrong with us. We don't need to say sorry. We don't need to feel shame. We don't need to bully other women. We don't need to prove or go to the top to, to be powerful. Because it's just a matter of opening your eyes and take the veil out to realize that we already are. We have already been. So this is the thing I'm really proud about. And, uh, you know, I am putting lectures, I'm writing a book, and I'm building my business. Uh, Tulia is uh, uh, accompanying me in this process. If you want to, wherever the podcast comes out, come to my website, blancavergado.com, and you're going to discover all that service to help you as a woman remember how powerful you are. Remember. It's not about healing wounds. It's about remembering. So this is the thing that I'm really proud about and uh, what I would like to share with, uh, with your audience. That's so awesome, Blanca. Thank you so much because, yes, it's a message that we all have to embrace and to find this, to reconnect with our true source. And for all of you all there, let's keep going, keep growing and being brave, bold and brilliant. Thank you so much for having me.
That's all for today. I hope you got inspired to raise your game and be brave, bold, and brilliant. Make sure you listen to my other podcasts. Stories are great sources of inspiration and transformation. Subscribe. Remember, there is someone somewhere who needs to hear exactly what I shared with you here today. Be generous and spread the word. Give your feedback and help grow this awesome community. Until then, be brave, bold, and brilliant, and speak up unapologetically.